0: What's up everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host Ryan Kramer and this is Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What's up everyone? Welcome to season 3 of Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. Thanks for joining us for another awesome episode of this beautiful podcast I've created. Now, with episode 101, now we get to talk about triple digits. So the pressure's on. Now we've hit that magical threshold. Pressure's on, but I think my guess is up for it. We're going to bring you guys some awesome insight and information today on this beautiful show. If this is your first time or 101th time, Welcome to Crossover Commerce again. We're presented by Ping Pong Payments. This episode is titled The Athlete Mindset and its Connection to Entrepreneurs. What does that mean? Stay tuned to find out. Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong transfers more than $150 million a day for e-commerce sellers just like you. And helping over 1 million customers now, Ping Pong has processed over $90 billion with a B in cross-border payments and to start saving money today if you are an amazon or e-commerce seller you have to sign up and use ping pong today sign up for free go ahead and check out that link below go ahead and sign up and let them know that crossover commerce sent to you uh a big welcome to our audience who's watching us on facebook youtube linkedin twitter any other social media platform that we might be simulcasting on it's constantly growing but welcome to watching us live uh or if you happen to be watching us later on via replay or listening to us on audio format. Thanks for tuning in on uh, Amazon Music, uh, Shopify, Apple, Google Podcasts, truly wherever there's a podcast, that's where I'm gonna be. Season one is out there on those podcast platforms right now. Go ahead and subscribe to those and rate us and tell us what you think those first 30 episodes. Season two will be released shortly. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe to those channels as well. But do me a favor because we go live on social media first and then later on in the podcast world, go ahead and subscribe to ping pong payments or myself. You can follow me as well on social media to be notified of all the times we go live. I go live so much during the week, anywhere from two to five times per week. So you don't want to miss a single episode of content with people like our guest today. Um, who, who's just going to bring bringing constant knowledge and different insights into the Amazon e-commerce world. Go ahead and get notified of future episodes. Just subscribe and hit that notification bell, the right bottom right hand corner of wherever you consume uh, live live feeds, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or on all the platforms. So definitely check us out there as well. But about our guests, if it was if it was just about me, that would be one boring show of me talking to a camera. I might as well be talking to myself in the mirror, but it's about my guests as well, me to pick their brain and to get you the most valuable insights that they have in the Amazon e-commerce space. Um, but about our guests today, Ashley Armstrong is the hidden rules expert uh, in business advisor and international best-selling author, is the go-to e-commerce expert for national U.S. media and TV. She helps multi-million-dollar companies and solopreneurs navigate proper product positioning to scale their businesses using Visual Profitability Method, the science behind buyer behavior and increased sales and conversion rates easily. She has built a seven-figure physical products business before and established an e-commerce consulting firm that specializes in navigating Amazon's hidden rules of engagement while being nominated as one of the best Amazon consultants by seller poll in 2020. Again, congratulations on that. And, uh, Ashley, again, fantastic stuff that she's doing there as well in notify or in actually, celebrated by her peers in the industry. Her expertise has helped thousands of sellers properly position their product lines in order to increase sales, build a loyal customer base and drive revenue. Recently has started a mastermind group for women, uh, e-commerce sellers and uh, get expert advice and mentorship for their businesses, right on. Actually, partnered with Amazon and marketing gurus Dan Holdings and consulted companies like uh, Sustained Natural and Viome uh, who won awards with the most innovative startups in 2019. Company of the Year Award and Startup Award in 2020. Ashley's is now doing uh, spots and uh, appearances on national news and media, her articles and appearances on such uh, things such as Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, Medium, uh, Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Emmy Award winning program, the, t- the List on TV, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News. She's all over the place. You might recognize her from one of those shows. If not, thanks this is might be the first time you might be uh, catching here, but we're super excited to have on Crossover Commerce episode one hundred and one Ashley Armstrong from the Hidden Rules Expert. Ashley, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you doing today?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm wonderful. Talk about a mouthful! I'm like, was that me? Are you sure about that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the resume that is a lot herself, of stuff. Exactly. Like, well, you've done a lot of stuff, right? That's a uh, that's that's a uh, that's a testament to all the work you've been doing both past and what you're doing in the uh, currently and then in the future as well. Right. We've, we've talked about it. You and yeah. I, uh, there's a lot Actors going in on.
1: Lives, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be one-on-one like this couldn't be like the better. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really better like knock it out of the park. Like the pressure is totally on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Hey, it is what it is. Like for all the thousands of people that I hope are watching this and will eventually watch this. Um, you're no stranger to public appearances and just talking about e-commerce in general. You Yourself have become a self advocate for the e commerce and e business industry, which I thought was super fascinating when we initially talked. So maybe like dive into that more of that detail, uh, like that background, if you will, of why now are you have moved away from selling online and now you're doing what you're doing uh, with the hidden rules expert.
1: That's a really great question, and and all transparency i i've been in the e-commerce space for a decade now and i've really pivoted within the same space quite a few times over the last 10 years and it's been wonderful it's been eye opening and i'm definitely one of those individuals where i have a goal i have a plan i execute it, i get the job done check and then on to the next one <laughs> to be quite honest with you Exactly, and, and really, at the end of the day, you know, I, I love my physical product company, I, I actually sold out in 2020. And so I will be getting back into that space at some point in time when it's the right opportunity or moment or idea. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. But really, at the end of the day, what I love doing is I just love helping people. I love coaching. I love bringing my visionary strategist to the table and just providing another sort of viewpoint for a lot of people now i'm an ex-pro skier so my whole background ever since i was super super young has always been coaching and pushing people you know to their limit and past their limit so they can really achieve the goals that they want by having someone in their corner who understands you know where they're going what they have sort of done for the most part and really with what happened in 2020 I really made it my, like, as you said, I really made it sort of my purpose to really help those at home. And there's not too many people in the e-commerce space that are on national media who are talking to the people who are at home, who've lost their jobs or their businesses, or they need to understand, like, how can I help myself? And if you're not in an email list, you know, the e-commerce space, it's, it's, it's a big space. It's absolutely amazing. But at the same time, everyone kind of sort of shares each other and everyone's kind of on each other's sort of email list. So we kind of like get recycled, I guess you could say, with what's happening within our sort of like network or our, our corner of the Internet, as you had put it, where, you, where you're uh, living. And so what I really wanted to do is be like, Hey, I know you're at home. This is how you can save your business by selling on Amazon. This is how you can make money from the, you know, from the comfort of your couch. This is how you can make money with your voice. This is what you can be doing, you know, as a consumer at home and sort of shining the light on, you may not know about this. You may have heard about this, but these are some really great companies that you should be looking at. These are some really great opportunities that you should be looking at that could be a side hustle and or it could be something completely new or you can pivot your business and, and things of that nature. And so I just really wanted to create that new channel, which is not a new channel because TV is an old right. channel, but a lot of people aren't really leveraging it. A lot of people are spending so much time and energy within social media. And so I decided to go the opposite direction and help everyone at home and uh, you know shine a light on what we're doing in our space and how it can really benefit you as an individual and as a family and as a business owner.
0: Which is super fascinating because you're right. A lot of people gravitate towards social media as the terms of knowing where, what to do, insights in terms of getting started, growing your business, finding out about PPC, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, we all turn to those leading experts. And again, we try to get them on uh, this show just to kind of share it. But there is those traditional outlets, like you said, of TV, print, media, radio, even podcasts in general that we're not. I say we, us as an industry are not escaping outside of our own realm of you know, circle, I should say, our sc- circle. And how do we continue to grow and be the flag bearers of this industry and why it's super important for other people to know why You know, there's successful entrepreneurs and businesses that are just stemming from literally nothing for the garage of their own home to warehouses across the United States, across the world, and no one's talking about it. So when, when you took that mentality what where, where where do you start? If uh, you, do you do you start with like knocking on someone's door or, like say how can I get introduced to these places or publications or is it just writing content? Where where do you start with all that?
1: Oh the, the media aspect? Well, that's a really great question. Um at the end of the day, I in full transparency, super connector media, Chris uh Winfield and Jen Gottlieb, they are my PR and media experts. Um, my mentors, my friends, and they're the ones who really gave me everything that I needed to know to be in this space. So it's like, okay, if I I have something to say, and I have 10 years worth of experience, and I know I want to help people, how can I get my message out there? And so they're the ones who showed me the pathway of pitching, you know, coming up with the ideas, writing up a pitch, outreaching the right and wrong way, and, you know, really just kind of getting yourself you know, into the media, and as you said, you know, print publication online and print, of course, podcasts and of course, TV. And so, really, the last year has really just been I'm a regular guest expert for an Emmy Award winning TV show, The List. That's, you know, as you had mentioned, it's on all major networks, and you know, we get 40% viewage within the United States and 50 million views per show. And so, it's really, really amazing how. I just had one question and I knew I wanted to accomplish one thing. And then it just you know, sort of blew up into this much bigger thing where now I'm in the, the works of creating my own TV show for the e-commerce space to support, our, again, our industry and whatnot. So it's, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world, but like anything else, if you don't know it, then ask, research, take a program, a course, or hire someone to help you get the job done because there's always strategies and, and rules of engagement that you need to know in order to get the job done. Um, as best and as fast as possible so really Chris and Jen they are the reason why I got where I am
0: <laughs> that's, I mean that's that's a ama- well yeah it's the team behind the team right and I guess the major question is if we we're going to play you in a tv in a tv series or a movie who who's that going to be that's the major hard-hitting question we're asking here right now
1: oh my god you putting you on, the I, Put putting probably, you on the spot. Putting you No, I don't know enough people to really. Who would be me? You know what? We'll this would be a we'll great question for anyone who's watching. If anyone who's watching, <laughs> and you have some great suggestions on who could play me, by all means, please share. That's <laughs> right. If you're watching,
0: <laughs> that's right. Because this is a live show, everyone watching on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook. If you have a thought and who should play, actually, send it. Oh, there we go. Oh, this is a good one. I like it. Uh, first off, we have Gal Gadot from. Nita, Ooh, that, that's a good hey, Nita. one.
1: How you doing, yeah, girl? she said, "Yeah, oh, hey, Ashley Armstrong I'm from earlier."
0: Well, that that's a good one. I could see that Gal Gadot, like, yeah, one Woman, like that. That makes complete sense, right? So, uh, Delphine Gal Gadot would be the best actress for you. So that's what she said. So, thanks for that input, Nita. I'll go with that uh,
1: one by all means.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, I I I have no clue. I've had I've had this game play with me before, and the some of the suggestions that come up, I'm like, "Are you sure you like? Are you sure that's how you see me?" I'm uh, I don't know if i want to take that. It is what it is. Uh, but awesome. So the title of the show, I know we can go down a bunch of different paths, but I wanted to get your input because you had alluded to it earlier. You are were a professional athlete. And I say were, you've retired, you've hung up the quote unquote, the mantle, the skis, if you will, still can probably do it. But you did this competitively and you your family is a bunch of athletes. They train for the Olympics. From what I understood from our past conversation, maybe kind of, can you kind of dive a little bit into that background and how that's prepared you for success? Like now as a e-commerce seller, but also as now a public figure.
1: Yeah. You know, really at the end of the day, I think, um, I may not speak for a, everybody by all means, but anyone who has sort of any sports background, even if you're just, you know, a peewee doing t ball, doesn't really matter what it is. You can really take those life lessons later on with you in life, you know, into adulthood, even if you're not, technically active in sports or competing, you know, nowadays, you can really still take a lot of that information with you. And for myself, I was literally born into skis for the most part, you know, my father was, um, you know, he's the number one racer tracer He worked with the men's Canadian national downhill ski team. He's worked for Olympics. He still owns tri- time traps all over the world. And he'd take athletes from the age of 17 all the way to the Olympics. So all my big brothers were really Olympic athletes. And, you know, when you're around Olympic athletes, you have that mindset, you, you know, the dedication, the commitment, it all kind of like, it's just part of life, eating healthy and exercising, you know, like it's just, it's just what I was sort of born into, to be quite honest with you. And then I moved over into the professional side after I was competing. And actually, while I still was competing um, for FIS, which is the International League, is I was teaching in the four disciplines. So skiing, ski racing, half pipe and park and snowboarding and um, and freestyle. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You Not know, a long jump, right? Of well, you know, I did not do no, did not do the like half pipe and park was as far as I basically got. And I definitely <laughs> hurt myself way too many times. <laughs> that's I for can't sure. imagine.
0: Well, that's the thing that's crazy is that this isn't something that you're just like one day I'm gonna pick up, right? This is an expensive sport, like we had talked about yeah, before. Expensive sport. Good. You have to know lots of people. You have to be in a good location. You're traveling, not just it's not going down the street to your own like ball field. This is traveling yeah. around the world to be in competitive sports in nature, and then also to be disciplined enough to be good at it and to have those multiple different ones that you're talking about. That terrifies the living (laughs) snot out of me. Like you're going down a mountain as fast as you are. I can't imagine one Mm -hmm. little slick, like one little ice patch, boom, it's all over. You see it all the time in the Olympics. It's nuts.
1: Yeah, I've I've, uh, made friends with the ambulance many a (laughs) (laughs) times. Let's just say- Too many medical bills to count. It, well, I'm Canadian, so when Canadians, we're, Canada, yeah. we're, we're, we're good to go. We don't have to worry about that part. Thank God. Um, In some aspects, we won't go any further than that. But right. you know, when it comes to the upbringing in sports, again, as I said, whether you were competing at a high level or just competing in the peewee leagues, it really doesn't matter you learn really amazing skill sets that I think a lot of people either forget or they don't bring into the next phases of their lives. Like It's not necessarily just for entrepreneurism, of course, but I I really do love the correlation between it. And really, at the end of the day, it actually can be brought into the musicians as well. And the reason why I say that is think about when you're doing a sport and you're competing, whether it's a team sport or an individual sport, which I did both, at the end of the day what you're doing is you are learning a skill you are coachable you're being coached so you know you're out there someone's constantly giving you constructive feedback and criticism you get out there you compete you may win you may not win you may like completely just get disqualified and then you have to deal with those repercussions you have to deal with like the mindset you have to deal with like oh my gosh this did not work out for me the way that i expected it to. And you have to like brush your shoulders off and get back up and, and do it again. And then again, and then again, and then again. And so when you take that and then you go, wait a minute, as an entrepreneur, here I am, I have an idea. I'm learning something new. Hopefully I'm smart enough to find myself a coach or a mentor to give me the constructive feedback and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try something and it's not going to work and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. You know what I mean? So really at the end of the day, that repetitive, you know, that failure muscle, which is a term that I loved that I've coined that I love to talk about is the more that you flex a failure muscle, the stronger it becomes just like any other muscle in your body, the easier it is for you to get back up and, you know, sort of push through those molehills that, you know, you, you're going to experience no matter what in life. Cause like, that's just how life works. You know, things are going great. And then oops, there's something I got to deal with. <laughs> well, <laughs> things and are going you're right. Great again.
0: You're right. Yeah. It's, there's something about somewhat how you can overcome that I think that's where you get tested as a little kid too, is when you first get to you scrape your knee, what do you do? Do you start crying? Do you start crying? Do you get up and you try it again? Or you as an adult, something doesn't go away, kind of blindsides you. What do you do next? Do you learn from it or do you just say life's out to get me? And then I'm just going to move on. I think that's where you see a lot of the the best innovators come to the market, not just in e-business, right? But in in business in general. And that's why it just takes longer in life. Why, there's so many successful people that started later in life, they got shit thrown at them until uh, from the very beginning. And they yep. learned how do I overcome? How do I sustain? How do I get past? Where's my idea going to start gaining traction? And now it is just a lot quicker that we can do it because of how technology has evolved. Do you do you think that we as a society have become, it sounds really bad, has softened that aspect of
1: Yeah, it
0: should become instantaneously success. And if it doesn't, then we're just like, ah, like the world's (laughs) out to get me, I'm done.
1: Yeah, I totally, I definitely agree with the whole concept that yeah, I, yeah, we're definitely a little on the softer side. But the beautiful thing is, is people like yourself who are allowing individuals like myself and really anyone underneath the sun who, you know, has had a history of trying to do something and sometimes failing and sometimes winning The younger generations, of course, they see where that person's at when they're 40 and 50 years old, but they don't look at the first 40 years of their lives. You know, like I'm, I love getting older. It's the best thing. Like I'm going to be 40. I'm like, oh my God, everything's just starting for me. Like I'm like totally on fire right now. I freaking love it. And then we look at like Oprah Winfrey and everyone else are like, they didn't really make it until they got into their 40s. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's so long. But really, you don't know who you are until then. And so you're absolutely right. The whole like, I want it now. I see you. You have this. I want that now, and I'm going to get it now. And yeah, sure, of course. There's definitely people who are 19 years of age and they become multimillionaires. Of course, that happens. But really, at the end of the day, that's not everybody. And so, looking at the path, the struggles, where someone started, and how each chapter's really compounded, it's like a compounding factor. They just, you know, added another layer onto it that you know provided that exponential growth. Because really, at the end of the day trying to get to the goal, you know, my mentor, Dave Meltzer, he's absolutely amazing. I'm totally going to screw this up and trying to repeat what he says, but he always tells me, he's always reminding me, he's like, you have like, you know, a hundred percent that you're trying to get to, to accomplish something, but really to get to the first 90% is really, really hard to go from 90 to 95%, most people can't even do that. Like 1% of the 1% of the population gets there. And then that compounding factor, that one extra percent will take you to 100 basically. And I know I totally screwed that up and how to explain that, but really at the end of the day, just getting yourself almost all the way there, most people can kind of get there, but not quite. But it's the 1% of the 1% that pushes through that allows you to reach that 100% because it's just like you're doing all this for nothing almost for so long. And then all of a sudden it's just boom, 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 boom. It just fires. And then you're like, you're there, you make it, you know? And a lot of the times people end up giving up in that 90 to 95% range because it just takes so long to see the results. A lot of times it's like, you know, it's like failure is your fertilizer, which was a really amazing, you know, uh, thing that a friend of mine had said in another summit that I was at. I'm like, oh my God, I absolutely love that because it allows you to grow your are planting the seeds, you're doing all the work and it allows you to grow. But yeah, the, the younger generation is not seeing you know, who made the fertilizer, <laughs> where the fertilizer came from. You're putting it into the ground with the seeds. And then, like, how much time and energy it takes to cultivate water and grow. And then sometimes some plants work and some plants don't even give you any fruit at all. But you see a plant right. and being okay with that whole process. So I'm definitely hoping, you know, with the lockdown and, and kids not really being able to be too athletic, you know, like my kids right now, I I, I would love for them to get back into Shotokan or into Jiu-Jitsu or something so they can be active. Right. They can, you know, you know have... You know that camaraderie, that community, you know, discipline, and everything else along those lines. And because they're not in these extracurricular activities, I'm just like, ooh, how much longer can we go? You know, like I know how important a lot of these things are, and like that's the next generation—they're ten and twelve. So, what you're saying about being a little soft, I'm just like, mm. you know, is it every other generation is soft, hard, soft, hard? I don't really know. Like, I would love to speak to someone who follows, you know, follows that trend and let me know. But right. I'm definitely concerned for. For my little ones and making sure that they're you know on point.
0: Um, yeah, my, you know, my little yeah, going. my little kid is six years old and he's in baseball right now. And here in the United States, I mean, we're, we're, we're I think we're progressing in the right way, right? Like we're a little more lax in terms of you know we're outdoors, it's warm outside, people can get out and do more activities. And with right. him, like there's all these you know things in place, but baseball is kind of like that. That was my sport. If you look in the background, that's 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 all I played when I was three all the way up to eighteen. And as an athlete, you're always trying to figure out like, how do you get one step better every single day? And like, it's, it's amazing to see these six-year-olds from where they started running around with their heads basically cut off, like not figuratively or not literally, but figuratively, (laughs) but they're now focused where you saw yesterday, this kind of evolution of their, their discipline and focused in terms of, Hey, now it's repetitive muscle. When the ball's hit to me, I'm going to throw it to first base. Or um, if it's hit to me in the air, I'm going to try to catch it or five, you know, you saw, you see this progression slowly, but surely every single day and they're doing this four times a week. You start to see where they were a month ago not to now. It's crazy to see the evolution, uh, when that's, when that opportunity is, you know, given to people. When we apply that to, when we apply that to business, do you think that that opportunity is given to actually everyone? Or do you think that let's take this for example, in in an Amazon world, it used to be the wild west, right? You can throw up any product and we talk about this everyone everyone kind oh, of yeah. agree, kind of agrees. You can throw up a product, sell it for, you know, nothing and be very successful count your money. But now this evolution of people are smarter, entrepreneurs are smarter, brands are smarter, consumers are smarter. Now you have this next barriers gotten higher to achieve into the entry. Is that Yeah. What, what what's kind of that like right now you're seeing people starting to get into entrepreneurship? Is that is that their fault, or do you think that that's mm. just going to really take them and allow them to be more successful down the lo- road?
1: Well, you know, really, when when I got started, we, it was literally that you know we could literally throw up a product, find a hole in the market, throw up a product, you know, within thirty days you're up to thirty grand for one product. It's like that's <laughs> awesome. Let's do it again. This is, yeah, that's great. That was that was great. You know, but it really at the same time it also made you lazy. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it really exactly. did. Like. I did not have to worry about really creating a solid brand, you know, my branding, my messaging, my positioning, and who was helping. It was really just profitable products at the end of the day. And nowadays, you know, there's always two sides to a coin. There's good and there's bad, you know, or like a double-edged sword. However, you want to look at it. So, what we're seeing nowadays is it is easy? Hell no. Um, is that you know, as you said, smarter people? Hell yes. Uh, more people? Absolutely. But at the same time harder to get something done a lot of the times also makes you that much better because you can't be lazy about it where you know a decade ago you could be really lazy about it you can do like 15% 15% of the work and do the success. We're now, yeah, you gotta do like 90% of the work to kind of get to that success. And I don't, it's absolutely not anyone's fault. It's just the times, you know? And it's like, if you're gonna play the big boys league then you're gonna have to play the big boys rules. You know, And you just have to follow along with it. And what was me and ah, I don't like that. And it's just like, you know, either you're gonna play the game or you're not gonna play the game really at the end of the day. And so what I do love what's happening now is everything, you know, everything's always going to be changing. That's the only thing that we can count on and rely on is change. You know what I mean? So embrace it, be okay with it. (laughs) And so when the companies are coming out nowadays, they are setting themselves up for more success in the aspect of the exit. Because a lot of times people build something because they want to feel value and they want to feel like they're doing something great. And they want to be looked on as like, woo, you're amazing. And you did all this sort of stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. But At the end of the day the whole point of building something really is to have an exit strategy and so now that brands have to be more conscious and more wise as to who they're serving how they're serving how they're setting up their obviously their company what platforms they're you know selling on social commerce and all these other breakthroughs that should be and need to be looked at they're really setting themselves up for a much greater success much, much greater success where they will actually be able to sell their business where when we got started, no one could really actually sell their business. businesses. Like either you just continue to make money or you just stop selling products and you let it fizzle out and all that work didn't really add up to anything. It might've paid the bills. It might've had great, some great vacations or something along those lines, but it didn't add up to an ending that was like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? And nowadays people kind of have to do that. And so they're automatically setting themselves up for an exit strategy that really makes all the blood, sweat and tears worthwhile. And that's part of pretty amazing.
0: Exactly. And this is, this is the constant conversation I have with both aggregators and people who are purchasing businesses is um, what there's, there's now this division of people, right? People are really good at finding a product, getting a listed, being successful, and then cutting ties and moving on. Right. They're really good at finding that hole in the market growing it quickly, and then just severing ties. They don't care about building a brand. They just know what works. They have this SOP or the standard operating procedure in place. Where they're super good at figuring out the markets and the holds in the market. You look at data, you look at insights, and then you can figure out problem, basically a big problem solver. But then you have this cool group over here that you're seeing more and more people start to play with is the brand builders, right? You see people yeah. who are exiting as a... Um, hey, now I you can recognize my logo or brand in retail stores. You can exit that business, and now it means something when you say, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, for example, Anchor. Anchor was a seller on Amazon first. Now they are a multi-billion dollar brand that is was basically birthed through Amazon. And as a seller or you know, manufacturer through Amazon, now they have brand equity. Now they have this ability to say, like, You search for me, I'm going to start dominating this market. And that's the cool area that I think a lot of people want to jump into eventually. But now all these barriers are super high now. So you start to weed out people quicker, right? So that being said, who's going to be with all these changes in Amazon, we can go, it's a laundry list, right? There's constantly changes every week or so. People are trying to keep up. How many products can I actually send to an FBA warehouse? No one knows. It constantly changes. Where who are who's going to be the successful people that come out of all this? Is it going to be the innovators, or is it going to be the people who just have the equity in their back pocket that can overcome these obstacles?
1: I would like to say it's a little bit of both. I have a very hard time picking one or the other because sometimes, you know, things can be really surprising. The innovators, of course, you know, we need innovation in order to move the needle forward, obviously. But people who have cash flow and they have equity and they have all that. You can, that's what makes the with boat With money boat. comes
0: power. Yeah, with money comes <laughs> some power.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like, you know, I, I'm really big into joint venture partnerships in a lot of ways. So like when you say that innovator, people money, I'm like, really, at the end of the day, why don't we just bring those two together and then everyone can be successful. Right. <laughs> That'd be beautiful in the utopian world. But, um, you know, the ones who are really going to be successful, of course, are not putting all their eggs in one basket i think everyone kind of understands that now um selling on third-party part, third third-party marketplaces like amazon is absolutely wonderful it's a place to go fishing for shop um, new customers and shoppers and so on and so forth to provide you some of that initial cash flow to help you grow everywhere else but hopefully that's not the only game that you're playing um, getting into social commerce and of course leveraging social media platforms in a way that allows people to scroll stay within the app and also purchase is really, really important for brands to really jump into. And then of course, you know PR and media, which is a big area that I love to rah-rah. And I actually saw your interview with another gentleman who is a PR, their, their product placement PR agency. And I'm yep. like, yes, absolutely, this is amazing. And the really interesting thing is is a lot of brands feel that you have to be really big, really accomplished, in order for you to have product placement and what i mean by product placement is tv shows movies publications online and, and in print and whatnot and just basically talked about for the most part where it's like uh, you know you see like a coca-cola bottle and a shot or something like that that's kind of like a product placement that's kind of what right. i'm talking about here and at the end of the day you don't have to be like this multi huge company in order to get those opportunities And it's just another way for you to get outside the channel. You know, we were talking about everyone is doing this. So why don't you do this? (laughs) Do the opposite, you know, whatever. So I think the companies who are very targeted on their projects and they don't work on too many things at one time and they pick the appropriate channel for the appropriate audience and they grow it out and they focus on it but then they leverage what else is available to us, which is social commerce, of course. Um, Sonic branding is another thing which we won't get into right now, which is another amazing thing that's been happening for decades, but now is starting to come to the forefront. Um, and, And interactive real life shopping as well is also coming down the pipeline, which is absolutely amazing. And just understanding the buyer behaviors have changed. And as a seller, I really encourage people to put themselves in their own shoes and literally take notes on how they shop themselves because a lot of the times at the end of the day as we're too close to everything we do i'm too close to the things that i do i need to have a, a right. side perspective but as a product brand owner it's just like take notes on how you shop and what you look for and what made you add to cart and what made you end up buying it and like write those notes down and use yourself as a guinea pig uh, at the end of the day and if you kind of pull yourself out of your company and you pull yourself out of like your hat of i know everything about my consumers and this and that whatever you can very quickly realize that there's, there are the holes in the market that you're talking about, and that there are avenues that are not helping you, they're hurting you, and there are avenues that you should be focusing on. And so, you know, if you can kind of put those two together, the innovator and the, you know, obviously the person that has the cash behind them, if you can kind of take both those things, but, you know, stay focused, you know, down the, down the center, I think we can find, you know, um, a really happy medium for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: No, no, that makes sense to me. And for everyone who's joining us again, live, uh, or on the podcast, just to kind of reset everything. We have Ashley Armstrong from the hidden rules expert. Again, she Ashley's kind of this, I wouldn't call it cheerleader. I would call it a flag bearer of the e-commerce industry, former seller, um, Amazon coach, a mentor for women. Uh, there's so many different things that you're doing. I don't know how you have time for all of this. This is kind of the crazy aspect when we we initially connected. You have so much in the works, which is really cool. Even working on a TV show, which is really cool to me. Um, we've already established that she's going to be played by Gal Gadot um, <laughs> uh, and w- when the film in- initially comes out. But that being said, so I have a question. Because you're on these kind of huge publications and you're starting to get not acknowledge your recurring guests on shows like The List, um, all those TV network shows, in conjunction with like your public- publicist and your companies that you're working with, What's the outside perspective of people who aren't in the weeds or the e business or the e Amazon world every single day? What's that perception like right now?
1: Well, I hope I'm answering this correctly. What my perception is, is a lot of, again, I'm going to the consumer side of things. Cause I, again, I try to help the consumers just as much as sure. I try to help the business owners. A lot of consumers need, um, a little bit more education. I think is what it is at the end of the day. And that's really hard to say because we are so swarmed with content and information, especially in the last year. It's like, Oh my gosh, can we now? But you know, a lot of times you might say, you know, Amazon's a great place for you to sell as one example or Etsy or whatever platform you want to choose to be on or talk about. And you're going to definitely get some people talking about the company itself, how it's a horrible company, how it's closing small businesses and, you know, also like the bad things. And I personally know people, who are like dead set against ever spending a single penny on the Amazon platform. And it's really interesting. And I'm just like, okay, so why is that? And it, I love to hear what people's opinions are. And, and some of them could be political, some of them could be economic, like whatever their reasons are. But at the end of the day, I'm like, at the same time, especially when 2020 happened, which is one of the reasons why I really wanted to get on TV and into the news, was okay, people there's a lot of people, a lot of mom and pops and, you know, kids in college and so on and so forth who are selling on Amazon and they're paying their tuition and they're paying their mortgage and they're paying their rent and, or they're trying to pivot their business from a brick and mortar to online so they can stay afloat, like help these people out. You know, like you want to help someone down the road, like your local store, especially in 2020, everything shut down i was just like i was doing everything i could to you know scream from the rooftops i'm like you have a warehouse all your stuff is in your store right now quick quick pivot get your stuff up online like sell it exactly like yeah if you if your neighbors who love to buy from you are unable to walk into your store then get it up online and so they can still support you and still buy from you so you know when i talk about the consumers and i, I let them know about that they're like, oh. I didn't know that. I thought I was just buying from Amazon. And I'm like, or jet basis. Exactly. Exactly. They have like some sort of preconceived notion that's quite negative in in a lot of cases. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I see a lot. And that's really what spurred me to be raw, rawing our space and being like, this is an awesome space. This is a lifesaver and so many different aspects. And if you want to learn more, there's amazing companies that can help you do that and go there and go there and go there and go there.
0: Exactly. So what, what are those questions that like a producer comes to you and you're like, hey, Ashley, like, we really haven't talked about this segment of the market mm-hmm. or you need to teach us like, what is it? What is it about the space that people need to know? Are they what are those kind the of producers
1: questions? They don't really them? know. Yeah, That's a really interesting thing when you're, when you're talking, when you when you are the expert and you're brought in, mm-hmm. they are experts of what they do. They're Damn. not an expert in what we do. And that's why they, they find those amazing people from obviously different market segments that they can bring on um, that allows them to obviously get that information. So it's actually more on my shoulders to come up with the topics and to make sure that I am. Speaking directly to their viewers, and that's one thing that I find really interesting. Especially when I'm working with you know product based businesses, and we're talking about product placement, which we had just talked about before. Or mm. if you're just trying to be an expert, you know, trying to get on TV or whatnot. So many people are like, "I'm selling me, I'm selling my book, I'm selling you know my water bottle or whatever it is," and that's all I want to talk about. But the people who are the writers, the publishers, the TVs, the movies, you know, all of the above. They don't care necessarily about you or your bottle or your training program. They care about the tips and the tricks and the information that you can bestow onto their viewers. How can you help their viewers? And so, yeah, you know, the solution. putting it- Even the solution, the solution yeah, exactly. the, yeah, for the viewers, exactly. And it because they're looking for content, they're looking for entertainment and they're looking for information. And so they really rely on experts like myself to come in with the topics. And, but the beautiful thing is, is that when you bring in the topics and you pitch them with some ideas, they who don't know anything have a completely different perspective. So they come back to you and they're like, "Oh, what about this? Or what about this? Or how can we change this? Or like maybe this can tweak because you know." So it's really interesting when you're working with a producer on coming up with ideas that you hope will serve at least fifty percent of the population within the U.S. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know what's happening? Right. Um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, coming up with the idea, but then you have to write out the entire show, the entire pitch, all the information, all like everything. Like you're like basically writing a very small little movie. <laughs> exactly. For the most well, part. Right. Yeah, and, and, and then this, you and this is of it, and he gets chopped all the way down into sound bites of like yeah, you know.
0: Damn you stuff. editing! I know. Yeah, you only <laughs> get like a three minute segment, but you talk for like forty five minutes. So who knows yeah. what they're going to inevitably use? Well, that that's a fascinating thing, is too, is. What What is the thing that people normally gravitate towards in that context? You're throwing all this stuff at them. What's sticking yeah. to this proverbial wall, if you will?
1: People love to learn. That's why content is king. We know that. Like, no one needs mm. to be told that, obviously. Now, you know, content has been blown up over the last year just because everyone's at home. So what else do you do is, of course, you know, content. But people just love to learn. New inside, but you know, which is also why you know having you know live TV or you know like that everyone loved to see like you know uh, people who are like searching for gold and people who are driving on the ice patches up north and like you know Alaska or something like people truckers, just love yeah. exactly just love to see what goes on behind these jobs what people are doing because you have zero idea so obviously people love to learn really what it is at the end of the day um, but uh, outside of that of course what a lot of people don't realize is that the networks are of course network TV 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 so they're slowly starting to actually get their online presence mm-hmm. so at the same time it, they have two birds that they need to hit now it's not only the people who are tuning in through the regular TV through the service provider that they're using but now their online content needs to actually go viral as well so now they have two sides of the coin so when they're bringing an expert on they're trying to hit all those sectors and they're like, am I using the right keyword to have it on my title to post it up online so people can find me, you know, that kind of thing. And so like, you know, say so find- Amazon problem
0: all over again, but for content.
1: Exactly. So it's it's really interesting, you know, and the when we're titling when they are titling, which I of course I have no control over what they're titling, but the, but the ones that are like, you know, a how to you know side hustles you can do from your couch or how to start an e-commerce business for 500 dollars those are some titles for some of my segments that we had done. And they got huge traction, especially online, because everyone's looking for side hustles. So, you know, it's like that whole keyword, you know, aspect. So anyone who's watching, I know you know. Make about money. Podcasts. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone well, it, has the same problems at the end of the day. But people just love to be informed and, and learn and um, get inspired, really, especially right now. There's just so much mental health issues that are going on between kids and families and children and dogs and cats. Like it's amazing, like how all of us are affected. It's ridiculous. So, you know, definitely focusing on supporting that and uplifting that is, is a big concern and a big target.
0: So do they ask you not just for the positive aspects, but also like what challenges, maybe negatives there are in this industry? I mean, again, yeah. not every situation is going to be identical. Each and every single entrepreneur is going to have a different road to success or failure. You can just continue. You can actually just bottom out from the get go and not be successful, or you can be someone who's just hit every single time. And that, that, that spectrum is so wide. How do you, how do you paint very not flattering because the flattering, you don't want to like oversell what the industry is about, but how do you get that range kind of whittle it down to what's appropriate for these audiences?
1: Yeah, you know, every single news station or TV channel or whatever it might be, they all have their own target audience and market and what they're looking for some are more entertainment, some more information based and and so obviously it depends on who you're pitching. That's <laughs> really what it is at the end of the day. Um but how do you like balance well we create our narrative just like branded companies create their narrative of who they serve and how they serve them and how their product helps them. Like we create the narrative really at the end of the day, we create our own authority and our own positioning. So when it comes to the information about our space, obviously we do want to have a a balance as best as possible. And yes, we do shine a, a brighter light on the positive side of things because there's always negative side to literally everything in life. You can't avoid it and get away from it. So it'd be naive to think that there isn't some sort of downfall or downside to something it's like go oh, in the stock market. It's great. It's like I got someplace money. You know, what I mean? like there's always really right. the negatives or everything. So, you know, um, we do definitely try to uplift people with as much information that allows them to take actionable steps. Because actionable steps is a lo- is what allows you to move forward, no matter what it is, no matter where the information is coming from, no matter who you're learning from. So, if we can get people to default to action. Then they're going to have a much healthier and happier life no matter what it is we're talking default to action and exercising default to action and eating healthier default to action and reading with your kids or going for walks or you know what i mean like setting up a new you know sales funnel or whatever it might be it's just so we can get people to default to action then we're going to continue that momentum of moving society forward
0: do you think it's a something that society will eventually take hold of and understand just like retail the there's um, this, is, this is my perception and opinion let me let me drop something here people are scared of retail going away because it's a physical nature i can see it i can see it down my road i can see some store is yeah. it just because the concept of online you can't tangibly see a business or a warehouse or you can't walk in there physically is that where a lot of people were you're just not going to get 100 percent saturation like where where do you think that line is and we won't be able to win i say win people over to our side does that make sense
1: um i i love again i'm a down the middle type of individual if you haven't figured that one out i I think they're both necessary they're both necessary they're both needed you know what i mean so you can be a physical space as well as an e-commerce space and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um and i don't think there's i don't think we need to really persuade or sway people from one or the other why can't we have both like i know it's like have your kids needed to have like that's so utopian but really at the end of the day if you're able to get to your store and you're going for a walk and i I don't know about you guys but i like i have kids and i got sick dogs and the whole nine year i was like get me out of the house six
0: dogs (laughs) are you kidding me
1: no sick dogs not sick sorry dogs Um, i was like that's a
0: lot you and four kids and six dogs
1: that one works so Mm. well um but you know I like to get out of the house. I want somewhere to go. I need somewhere to go. We need to have an interaction. If anything, you know, 2020 has, you know, taught us is just, we need to get out of the house a hell of a lot more. Like technologies took over. We kind of knew that. But then when we really had to like fully rely on technologies, like, oh my gosh. Um, So really at the end of the day, we need both. Uh, and I think you should play both fields. Why the hell not? You should right. absolutely do that. You can serve your local population, but you can also allow your business to soar by serving a larger, you know, e-commerce population all over the U.S. or the world or whatever it might be. Exactly. Um, you know, so I don't think you have to pick one or the other, really. And I don't think one's better over the other, technically. Right. the decla- yeah. On
0: to clarify, yeah, that, that's not something I'm advocating. Get rid of all retail stores and only shop online. That's not what I'm saying. I think it's very much uh, when you see people buying online, there's this there's this perception of literally it's just taking away from any sort of physical nature store. Like it's almost yeah. like the online versus the physical, like that's the battle. And that's the hard thing to change people's minds of. And like you said, education of it's people down the road who are also selling online. Hell, your brand instead of just in small product like Kansas, your brand can now be visible and purchased from yeah. the middle of India or in China or in you know Germany. That that's the beauty of kind of like what it is is now that something you're so passionate and you brought to fruition that can now just exponentially grow. Why not? Yeah. Why not do both? Like that, that's why you get into business, right? Is to grow to build some uh, solution or product to help serve a need. That's why people are in business. So that's, that's why it's hard to see why people are such what won't, won't digest it or won't consume it. And they, they have t- trouble swallowing that nature. That's, that's why I'm trying to figure out like, at what point is the tipping point that it's not all bad. It is good. Like there's bad, but it can help too.
1: Well, Life happens and days are going to pass by anyways, and years are going to pass by anyways. And the next generation that comes up behind us is coming up behind us anyways. So sometimes it's all just about time, you know what I mean? Like time is, time is what, you know, ends up fixing or updating people or whatever it might be. I know that sounds kind of lazy to say that, but if you look at other countries, you know, they're 50 years behind a lot of the times and you have to go through a few generations in order for them to catch up. Like there's really no way around it. Like they have a lot of things that they got to do and it can't be done overnight. So- Time is is a beautiful thing because eventually it's, it, they're all going to sort of catch up. So to your point, you know, like trying to educate people, trying to get them to move over. And, uh, yes, we can absolutely help and rah rah that, but at the same time, it's going to happen anyways, whether you like it or not. And on 100%. the flip side of things as well is you know one of the the elderly population was totally like unknown online. Like you you didn't find them online. Like if you had elderly products, you didn't really do the best selling them online per se because they don't really trust websites the credit cards like my right. grandmother still writes checks <laughs> like come on e-transfers she just refuses to put her credit card anywhere she just doesn't trust it but the fact of the matter is is because the 2020 went down all of a sudden all that entire generation that whole population popped up online and then all of a sudden they're starting to get swabby they're starting to use facebook they're starting to put their credit card in because like i do have to now and so there's a whole new population that did not exist online is now getting educated later in their years. And right. they're now starting to use the online platforms to get the things that they need. And so the people who were selling to them now are like, oh, like I don't have to go to old age homes anymore or to farmer's markets or whatever. Like I can actually sell my stuff online. It's not their mom, not their, their daughter or their nurses or whoever buying for them. Now it's actually right. them buying for yeah. them. It's and that, that's why I t-
0: that we've gone from a luxury society of buying online now to a necessity. And we've crossed that threshold and almost everyone in the world has now understood it, can, it has to be, well, it is a necessity. Like no matter what avenue, whether it's food services, like telemedicine, getting your goods, your uh, vacations, like all of it has, all of it can be now done online and the people are trying to catch up or trying to be the, the leaders in the space. But we need to tell grandma about ping pong to get her, if she has a business to convert those funds with us to start learning about innovation with us, grandma. But anyways, uh, I love it. That, yes. that's my little, that's my little pitch for ping pong. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm going
0: to, I'm going to go because we're close to the top of the hour. Actually, I have a I have a kind of interesting question that I saw mm-hmm. news pop up yesterday. And I like to get people's thoughts. We've seen successful business people, men and women now, Specifically, last night, actually, uh, Bill Gates, which I didn't know they were going through this. Him and his wife divorced, divorce. and we saw Jeff Bezos this past year, kind of divorced. Not that I'm saying it's a 2020 thing, but the most interesting comment kind of came up on Facebook today with a friend of possibly both of us. They were on Hirschhorn, and he he like it was getting all this floods of comments. So I'm curious what your take is. He asked, even though that Jeff Bezos and uh, Bill Gates are now divorced are they still considered they still successful? successful? Yeah, I still considered successful. And I, and I started to think about that and I started going through the comments and I, before I did that, I started to think about stuff and I go, well, that's a silly question in that regards, but you would be surprised to see people's back and forth of only people are successful. If they don't do these kinds of events, uh, they're breaking apart. They're, they were not successful at their relationship. Does that mean they're not successful in general? So I'm curious to see like, How do you take that comment in general and maybe share with the people watching? Oh my
1: gosh. Well, all I know is that humans and our lives are multifaceted, like a bloody gemstone and diamond and not one thing works, you know, in a lot of cases, one thing is doing great in our lives, but other things are suffering. Right. It's just kind of how it goes. Like there's so many hours in a day that we can control. There's so many things that we can do that we can control and you know, like I, I obviously can't comment on people's relationships, you know, obviously it didn't end up working out for whatever those reasons are. right. Does it suck? Absolutely. Is a family you know coming apart? Yes, absolutely. but at the same time, is look at your like first and foremost, i I don't like really commenting on other people's things per sure. se only because it's just like, well, look at yourself, like Every area of your life, are you successful? Is everything at a hundred percent? Generally speaking, it's not. It's like, well, my health might be here, or my business might be here, but my health is here, or my relationship with my children is here, but my relationship with my spouse is down here. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know anyone who has everything straight across the board that's a hundred percent perfect, and and to be able to compare like what's successful or not successful. So obviously, it's in the eye of the beholder. That's for damn sure um and what someone does in business and what they do in personal life you know they are two completely separate things and yet there's kind of together because a personal relationship is literally the same thing as a business at least that's how i correlate it because you both have a task that you're trying to accomplish which of course is you know kind of like staying together and everyone within the business or the company has different tasks that they're sort of obligated to do or whatever within the family unit there are certain things that one is better at than the other so they kind of end up doing that you know what i mean like it's just like when you're when you're looking at the whole circumference of like is it successful or not it's really not for me to say number one and number two i don't know anyone who has 100 percent perfect across the board uh, in a lot of cases so i think i'll kind of leave it at that and uh, i just wish everyone well who happens to be having any rocky times so that's really right. what it is at the end of the day that i care about
0: <laughs> absolutely and that was uh i think a good comment was uh, rob stanley he says success in relationship is different than success in business i think that that does make yeah. uh, a lot of sense to me because like you said, and this is fascinating too, that they both, when they join a statement in this regards, they're both going to still work on their foundation, which is the number one foundation in the world. So they're both working together in this regards, but yeah. just like, just like people, individuals, we all have chapters in our lives. They were together 27 years, which is fantastic. I mean, awesome. That's a chapter in their book that I think that they both look fondly on, but then what they want to do with their lives now that whether the kids are older or, um, business and they're, they kind of see like maybe light at the end of the tunnel. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they feel like that they're just on separate pages and it's not fair to the other person to focus solely on that instead of the other person, which kind of me seems like they're, they're successful for seeing that in a relationship instead of either dragging each other through that or not realizing what the other person wants. So I see both positives and negatives from this perspective, but I thought it was fascinating. Like three of the top or two of the three top, you know, successful, successful wealthiest people in the world. I should say wealth is not uh, a measure of success. It is for some people. Um, yep. But it was interesting to see that both come through in the last few months of each other. So I know you are a big um, empowerment of like family and, Uh, women like women in general maybe can you talk a little bit about that real quickly before we have to hop on off on here yeah
1: yeah um you know with of course everything that we've been going on what we're doing and anytime i have sort of training i always attracted a lot of women in our space and they just love the fact that there's another woman who looked like them who had children who's juggling all these different things and who understood kind of where they're coming from And after being asked quite a few times, I have now a women in e-commerce mastermind community, which is really a no shiny object space, which I absolutely love. And it's really just kind of like an evolving summit for the most part. It's a low barrier of entry. It's private. It's of course, just us. And it's for women who are selling anything online on any platform, but they're really just wanting to get some answers. Because at the end of the day, we can be hit with too many strategies or too many shiny objects or whatever it might be. And we're not focusing on the task at hand. And a lot of times we just want someone to be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? You know what I mean? Like, Give me some insight. And so this mastermind is 100% dedicated to helping women where they're at right now in their business. And we do four calls a month, two with myself, kind of hot seat. And then based on what the community is wanting, I have 25 guest experts ready to go, celebrity guests as well to come in and speak to the community as well. So, we've had, you know, pricing strategies, we've had back-end commerce conversations and really at the end of the day I love just providing a spotlight to other amazing experts like yourself who can come in and just be like, "Hey, here's some tidbits, here's some hidden rules, you know, what's going on behind the curtain to help you guys out with what your what your questions are. And, and that's really what it is at the end of the day is just supporting women in this space, and providing them a safe space to feel that they can be vulnerable, and they can be heard.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's, that's an awesome movement. I think that there's not enough of that in the space, but it's awesome to kind of shine light on that. Obviously, with all the stuff that you have going on, uh, I don't I don't foresee you slowing down at all. I think there's just so much great stuff that's coming from you, actually, in terms of what you're pushing for online. I see you popping up all over on social media, but also on, you know, just flipping on the TV and boom, there you are. Like, there it is. Like, you're doing your job. What? And, I, and I think like, do you, do you, maybe final question, do you think there'll be other people in the space that, that really take up this mantle like you are that will help assist, almost like it's not a burden for you, but maybe assist you in this inve- uh, adventure?
1: I don't know, but I definitely encourage it. You know, I, I definitely love I love collaboration. I love joint venture partnerships. Obviously, why, you know, I have the Hidden Rules Network, which is for the women. Uh, <clears throat> I love finding holes in the market and I love supporting and helping and really shining a spotlight on other people, kind of like a super connector, I guess you could say. So if anyone else is, you know, wanting to sort of rah-rah and go into that old slash new channel, <laughs> make it new again. You know, join exactly. me, join me, you know, because it's it's a lot of fun, you know. And I don't know, at the end of the day, like, we have one life to live. And I'm definitely a box checker for sure. Um, And I just like to empower and I like to, you know, you know, lock arms with as many people as I possibly can to support as many different things as we possibly can while we're still here. So if anyone else wants to join me, I'm like, yeah, let's (laughs) Let's get the party started.
0: We won't we <laughs> won't leave you out there by yourself alone for long. So I appreciate your time. And again, uh check out Ashley and the Hidden Rules Expert. Again, all those links are in the uh show notes below. Just go ahead and click on them. Reach out to Ashley on Facebook, LinkedIn. However you, in social media I don't know what, what is the best way to reach out to you Ashley if they're if they're curious more
1: the hidden rules is the easiest one absolutely the women's is the hidden rules network.com and then you know we have drag and drop templates to help sellers you know increase their sales and conversion rates within three minutes and that's productinfographic.com. so we have a few things but they're all found on the hidden rules expert.com. so if anyone wants to reach out to me by all means any of my social profiles or find me on my website.
0: Awesome. And great, as always, to talk with you. You have so much going on. I know we'll, this is only the beginning for us. So, um, And thank you for watching, Nita. Again, thank you for uh tuning in staying the oh, whole time since the beginning. So, uh, Oh, yeah
1: you're amazing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley, for helping. I know you're a busy person. Good luck with the four kiddos. I know they're not feeling well at home, so best of luck with them. And then obviously all the cool endeavors that you are doing. Uh, keep us in the loop. And you're a friend of the show now. So always welcome to hop on, on and let us know what else you're working on. Cause I'm assuming okay. it will be more and more coming. So I got some really
1: uh, cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I can't wait to share with you guys. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, stay tuned.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. We uh, appreciate, you know, you talking about the athlete mindset and obviously a lot more that we covered today. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Have a great day, everybody. Awesome.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ashley. Again, for, uh, for hopping on crossover commerce again, everyone, this is episode 101 of crossover commerce. This is my show. We've gone live 101 times with experts like Ashley in the field to bring you the best and uh, the greatest insights and tips in the Amazon e-commerce space. This is my show that again, four to five times per week. This week is a little bit less because we're catching back up. Um, This is the season three premiere of the show. So make sure that you go to wherever there's a podcast that you might subscribe to go ahead and search crossover commerce by ping pong payments or with Ryan Kramer, you're going to find us on both platforms. Subscribe to that. Give us a rating episodes like this will appear there um, in the future. So you can listen to it and read, uh, re just learn all the great tips and insights that Ashley shared with us today. But that being said, there's more content coming your way. We'll be going live again, I believe on Friday uh, with, with, Um, more experts again, uh, stay tuned and follow us on social media, follow myself on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to be notified when new episodes of Crossover Commerce are coming up. I'm Ron Kramer of Ping Pong Payments. Thank you for joining us on Crossover Commerce. Again, thanks for watching live or listening to us on the podcast. Stay tuned for another episode, another season of
1: Crossover Commerce. Take care, everyone.